episode of Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Miles, joined here with my co-host, Jordan. And today we are doing Expanse Season 3, Episodes 1 through 3. I'll be honest, I didn't... It's kind of mind-blowing that we're already on Season 3. Um, but when I was watching it for the, this podcast, I just it, it, it kind of struck me. I'm like, man, Season 3 starts off at such a bang. A real high point, especially after the end of season two. Yes, yes. Well, because when the way that I had when I was rewatching it, right when you when you're watching, you kind of stop when your schedule stops you, right? Like if you can only watch three episodes that day, you just watch whatever three episodes right. are next in line, right? Absolutely. So I, whenever I was rewatching, I was. I don't think I watched season three, episode one as like the first episode for that day. I'm pretty sure I had watched like, you know, season two, the end of season two, and then like the first couple of season three. So like it kind of just blended together for me. It did. And but now since we're doing it for the podcast and I'm kind of being a little bit more detail oriented, Mm -hmm. it's really hitting me that season three starts off with such a such a bang and it just it keeps that momentum going with the intrigue of the story and everything absolutely and you know this kind of like things are starting like this first episode is pretty much showing that things are starting to converge together yes. yeah and you and you can see it um i think it was by episode three when a lot of the characters kind of come together where it's a little easier to get a grasp of all the timelines that are happening. Right. <clears throat> Cause then they, cause then you're like, Oh, this is going on at the same time. Like there's no yes. big time jump. Here. Yeah. 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 And there's, um, not just that, like everything's kind of happening when all the characters are together. It's a little easier to track like mm-hmm. where everything is. Right. Because, yeah. um, you know, uh, for a while there, Bobby's kind of, you know, from one ship to this, you know, Ganymede to back to Earth and then kind of all over. Right. Uh, Ava is really the only one that kind of remained on Earth up until now. So we kind of... And she hates to... space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I love her reaction. I, I I love how she cusses and stuff. It's... It's... it's I, okay, it's weird, but I never thought someone could make cussing so classy. But yeah, the Queen of Earth. The Queen of Earth, she did it. Yeah, Queen of Earth went out in space and now it's all kinds of cussing. <laughs> yeah. Love it. And, and, uh, I like how she like messes with Courtier. Like obviously the dude when we pop over the scene, we see, see that he's in a lot of pain and she's still jacking with him, like and he's giving yeah, it right back. He's like, oh. <laughs> I love that. Woman. Yeah, I love the look that he gives her. But uh, so the start of season three, um, where essentially it's not an open war hasn't quote unquote truly started, right? Like I'm talking official declaration of war. Yes. Um, but Aaron Rice trying to pressure. Uh, okay, and I'll be honest with you, Secretary right? General. Is, this is yeah, uh, his uh, his title is Secretary General. But I'll be honest with you, I never actually paid attention to what his actual name was. Not even Gillis? joking. Yeah, is it's Gillis something? I remember uh, Anna, that blonde hair lady that comes by later. This, yeah, that uh, asked for help. Esteban. 
Um, and I was like, huh, I forgot that that was even. Uh, and then it kind of hit me that I never actually paid attention to his name no. at any one of my rewatches. When I not... first, sorry, I, he, he just, for me, he just seems kind of schemey. Like he's got something planned that, that nobody else knows. Like yeah, something's going on with him. I don't, I don't get that. I never got that vibe from him. Um, nah. I think the vibe I always got from him is a very weak, ineffectual puppet leader, essentially. Like he's so dumb and he just, it's very almost self-righteous and, uh, very easy to manipulate. And we see that all the time with Aaron, right? Um, so, and we got to see a little bit of background knowledge with him. Uh, yes. Really cool. I did not see, see that coming in. All it took was like two or three lines. And if you miss it, you've missed it. Uh, because they don't, I missed to my it. knowledge, ever really. <laughs> you missed it? Yeah, I missed it. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But um, they don't really bring it up explicitly ever again. Now, uh, for those of you who are trying to pick apart every little word I'm saying, mm -hmm. I'm not trying to imply that uh, Secretary General Gillis dies or whatever, but I'm just saying that... So he dies. Just, yeah, no, I'm not saying any of that. Uh -huh. I'm just saying that, like, uh, the way that the show does backstory for a lot of stuff is not flashbacks. And I and I think flashbacks are fine, and I think they're really good. Um, but it's but just recall through word. Yeah, but I'm talking like in TV shows, I feel like they will use flashbacks a little too willingly uh -huh. uh, to try and kind of lazily fill in background. Whereas with Expanse, they use it very, very sparingly and um, I would say very effectively. And they got even more effective with it later on. I, right. I, and I, and there's the, I think the flashbacks are more. They're not so far back that it's unrealistic for you to remember it. It's like it's pretty fresh, like the hat, yes. like the, the circumstances that so played the out. Only flashback that I can think of in the expanse. There's actually only two that, from what I remember that I can. Well, no, three. One was Fred Johnson when he was a butcher of Anderson Station. Remember? Yes. So that was one. The other was um, the the Epstein Drive, the uh, the engineer who created the Epstein Drive accidentally. Remember, he dies on that ship. Yeah, yeah. So those two, those two are the only two in the entire. Oh, well, sorry, that two, and then the third, which we'll see later, are the only flashbacks that I can remember off the top of my head. Um, and they're again, the flashbacks are used very sparingly, and that's fine. Right. But what I liked about with uh, Secretary General is that. They just drop like three lines and and then it's just like you're supposed to kind of like piece it together yourself. And Pick it then, up and piece it together, yeah. Yeah, I'd love that. Uh, but we'll get to those. Yeah, and obviously yeah, like on your first watch through, it's kind of tough. To, it's a little tough to oh, pick yeah, up no, on that because you're, you're trying to get the big moments and – and as you're trying to get the big moments, you like you get lost in like, oh, I wonder if the proto molecule can procreate, and you're you're off on other weird. Yeah, no, I agree. Things. You see uh, what I'm saying? Pro, um, you're trying to piece together so much stuff. There's so many characters still, and um, characters' names will be thrown out without you even knowing what they look like. Like remember Jules Pierre Mount? It actually took us a little bit to figure out like what he looked like. Uh. Well, it took me so I, I, 
I just called it Mao, and obviously there's Julie Mao, and then so because I, I, I heard Mao is Mao. But the bad yeah. thing is, is that people can be like, "Oh, you mean Julie Mao or, or Jules Pierre Mao?" Yeah. So that that's not uh, th- that that's what makes this show difficult, but also beautiful to follow. Um, but anyways, so Aaron Rice trying to like goad. Aaron Wright into, sorry, Aaron Wright is trying to go the Secretary General into declaring, formally declaring war on Mars. Right. Um, but in which he does eventually do it. There's becomes a formal declaration right. of war. Um, How dumb. But. Yeah. Can't, we just can't help ourselves. Uh, so they're cleaning up um, on the Rasanate, they're cleaning up any rev- remnants or residue that they might find of the pearl molecule, like any bit of it yeah and okay so where we left off at the end of season two is naomi confesses that she gave the protomolecule sample to fred johnson so now that the belters have it mm-hmm. um which this is like a new nuclear arms race right right so and now like i don't know man that was really bad of her she made a really bad decision okay so did she though i think so because but I think I should explain go on I think that they should have got rid of what they had and I know what they were trying to do is put everybody on the same playing field right which I understand but like wouldn't it be better if the belt just stayed out of it like seriously, like they're they're not going to get really caught in the crossfire. If anything, they're going to get caught selling supplies to both people. Yeah, but I think they want the belt want to be able to be seen as a legitimate form of government. They can't. Like there's no way. Mm, there is when you have a weapon. <laughs> okay, well I understand that, but I'm saying even with the weapon, there's something that everybody else in space doesn't have: Earth's oxygen supply. Materials on Earth are invaluable to the people in space. You would, th- you would think. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I, I, I get what you're going with. But, but like, I if, think if, if you if, have if, like, the the belt has like leverage now, right? And here's the thing too, you are, um, the Earth does have. But you're all on the uh, same playing field at that point, right? Okay, so because if you all have this, is where, you know, this is where it gets interesting though. Mars does not. Neither of the inners actually have. The protomolecule. They're they're still kind of stuck in limbo about getting it because remember the Mars they sent the Karakum to grab it, but then yes. uh, Aaron Wright had the Karakum destroyed whenever he killed uh, uh, what's it called Defense Minister Korshinov. Right, but so but the Mar- I... so Mars doesn't have it. Wait, no, no, no. And don't Earth they doesn't ha- have it. Either. So are we going off this episode, or can we use the knowledge from the next three episodes? So you can use the knowledge of this, and then yeah, episodes one through. Doesn't three. okay. Uh, so doesn't don't we see an episode where the protomolecule is being worked on, and Jules Pierre Mao yeah, is like so in a little square box. Jules but that Pierre Mao doesn't that that a, means Mars has access to it. No, no. So Jules Still. Pierre Mao, no, they don't. Uh, Mao does not work for Mars. I know he, he doesn't work for Mars. I'm saying they still have access to it because all they'd have to do is pay him. They would, but. Mao is working for Sadavir, Aaron Wright. But 
But what but, I'm saying is, is, regardless, everybody's still in the same playing field at this point. They don't know uh, because uh, Fred Johnson he directly has it. Neither and uh, Mao. So Earth doesn't directly have it. Not really, right? Because wh- where do they have it in their facilities? And do any of their leaders actively have it? They don't, right? Aaron so Wright is having Mao work on it for sure, and he's sending that admiral, admiral, what is it, Yao? Um, yes, but, but so they're saying that the only person that actually physically has it on hand. No, I'm not even saying just on hand. I'm talking like uh, that they actually have it like available, readily available to them because where Ma- Jules Pierre Mao is currently, he's on his own laboratory in space. So, okay, he so has like it, it's like. It's kind of promised to Earth, quote unquote. But what we've seen throughout all of Expanse so far is that what is yours by agreement may not actually be yours when it's all said and done. Right. But the, and then the last point that I would like to bring up is it's on Venus. Yes. Right. So, uh, no, so no, that no. means everybody oh, has access about, yeah, yeah. to it. Everybody has access to it. That's another sample that's on Venus, yes. But Jules Pierre-Mal, remember, has his on, uh, what is it, Io? I know, but isn't it technically accessible to everybody in the galaxy at that point if it's on Venus multiplying and just... Uh, well, even that's not really accessible, right? Because you cannot actually land on the surface of Venus. I mean, but you can, can't you bring a shuttle, take a sample, and you know maybe get out of there? Or is, as soon as you hit the ground, remember, they dismantle you? Remember, the, uh, yeah, the ship got dismantled. No one else wants to Atomic try, right? dismantling jutsu? Come on. Uh, but you get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, the first scientific ship they send down there gets instantly 3D dissected. So they would have to spend time to find a ship that wouldn't to get the specimen by the time Fred Johnson killed it. Find a ship that wouldn't? That's a protomolecule. That's something that no one has any really any serious knowledge of. No, I know. But I'm saying by the time they figure out how to do that, Fred Johnson would have already done one. All the war, whatever was going on, yeah, he would have figured yeah, out how to have, weaponize yeah. it and be done. Yeah, yeah. So really, the only faction that realistically has a proto molecule at the moment is the OPA. All right. Okay. Yeah, All right. OPA. We'll agree. To, we'll agree to agree to agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm just trying to make sure you understand because I this actually threw me off for a while too when she said you know Earth and Mars have it and now. Uh, the belt has it too. It's like not not exactly. The belt has it now with Fred it. Johnson because of you for sure. But and I understand that maybe to her perspective, based off her limited knowledge, she thought that Earth and Mars had it. Um, and I get that, but they don't really. Uh, they, the Earth, uh, Mars for sure never really actually possessed the uh, per molecule. They were sent in the Caracom to uh, collect it and have their own, you know, sample. So that they don't fall behind an arms race. But. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I so. No, I, I still I, think I, she should have done it. So. I get why she had done it. And I'll. With the facts that we have now. That Earth and Mars also don't have it. I agree with you. I think it's better that she didn't do it. Fair. Uh, Fair. Yeah. It's just. It's. And as far as, okay, so to actually discuss about, you know, Earth having the upper hand, this is true. Earth does have the upper hand in every dealings with both Mars and the belt because they can, they're the only ones that have access to 
the two main things for survival, which is water and air. <clears throat> yes, on a certain level, I'm sure they found some way to produce water on maybe some farms in Ganymede or farms on Mars itself. But for all intents and purposes, they both have to import a lot of you know right. food, uh, water and air. But my... But the thing is that Earth has become so big and so populated that they also actually rely on an insane amount of resources that come, that come from the space. So, they, while yes, they may survive without, you know, Mass Mars, <laughs> but yeah, it would be absolutely catastrophic if they don't get some of the supplies that they're getting from the space as well. Um you know, not minerals, metals, all that stuff. So it, it's it's a lot. Uh, it's kind of like you know, America, lots of pieces right? at play. Let, 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 let's be honest, right? Like America, yeah. It's like, yeah, may, we may be self sufficient on you know certain things, but if we are no longer getting chips, for example, from uh, Taiwan or anywhere else that we import them from, actually, make will America chips. survive? Yes, Doesn't we will. Matter. But so much relies on this that there would be a systemic collapse. Right. So it's the same thing for Earth. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they, uh, and they're discussing about, you know, what do we do about Naomi and whatnot? And uh, Alex, I did like Alex and Amos's conversation. Amos, uh, sorry, Alex was saying, you know, are you not worried about our family? And Amos is like, what family? You know, we're just a group of people that unfortunately got lumped together because of the Canterbury, you know, situation. Because he can't trust together. anybody. He's pretty much yeah. saying that nobody can trust anybody right now. Yeah, we don't really we don't really know each other. We just happen to be together. Office Doing the right thing. Yeah. That's pretty much, they're pretty much present. Like, hey, we're just following the right, maybe the right guy. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and uh, Holden goes AWOL. No, AWOL. Uh, what's it called? Ham. He goes ham on a coffee machine. Just absolutely yeah. <laughs> wrecks that thing. I had to turn the TV down because uh, the baby was sleeping. Because he's just beating the crap. Yeah. Out of the oh my god! I thought there was. I thought he was going to find like a piece of the proto molecule or something on the ship behind the coffee machine. I thought that's why he was tearing it oh. out. Uh, okay. So it's funny you brought that up because I was actually oh, just about to talk about that. That little goo of proto molecule that's like stuck. I don't know in some piping or something like that or. In between the outs, the exterior and the interior walls of um, the Rasanate. So, Protomolecule exists on their ship directly. Yep. And it's going to dismantle yeah. them. So, okay, you, you think kidding. it's going to dismantle? No, I'm just kidding. That was just what a joke because what I think is they're going to take it somewhere and it's going to obviously, it's, it's like a virus. No, I, I agree with you. Uh, so we're going to keep an eye open for that, that if we suddenly hear about the protomolecule spreading from a certain station, we're going to start cross-referencing which station that the Rasanate stop at that it could have spread elsewhere. So keep your eyes open. Well, didn't they go to Ganymede? So it could have just been Ganymede? But Ganymede's kind of wrecked now anyway, so it's like it's a bit of a lost uh, cause. I don't know, but he still got it from a station. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, but anyway, anyway. So, um, on the Guanxin, which oh, I Guanxin. love the name of that. Sh yeah, I love yes, the name. Guanxin Bodhisattva. Uh, what's, called, what's the name? What is that called again? The Thousand Palm t Death Fist or something like that. I don't you're talking know. about you're talking about uh, Netero, right? Um, 
That's who we were talking about. Hashirama? Oh, or no. Well, there's two instances. Isaac Netero, yeah, he calls it the 100-type Guanyin Bodhisattva. 100-type Guanyin Bodhisattva. Bodhisattva was... It's the Hindu religion that has all the arms because it's so giving. Was it Hindu or was it Buddhist? It's Hindu. Really? Okay. Well, you can use it in both. It's used in both. Interesting. The word is used in both. But the Guanyin Bodhisattva would be like a master of giving. That's just such a general way to put it. I'm sorry. It'd take me like a little while to explain it. But yes, that's what it, that's what it reminds me of when, when he says that ship name. That's what I said. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, the Guanyin. I love our little, you know, tangents that we go on. It's always interesting. Well, just, uh, yeah. So the Guanxin uh, is a luxury ship by Jules Pierre Mao. I'm just gonna call him Monsieur Mao because I love when Alzheimer calls her calls him that. Monsieur Mao. Monsieur Mao. So it's uh, Mao's luxury ship, his like yacht essentially. And Bobby, you know, they're still stuck. punching and uh, just starts blasting everybody. And <laughs> yeah. That's so, that 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 power suit must like. Oh, it's amazing! It's so cool. That. And then when she takes it off, eventually, like the way that it comes off, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, thanks, Halo. That was yeah. awesome. So, but it was believable. Yes, yes, it, and it's it's big, it's clunky, it's not something that you can just like. Yeah, you know, she. She's you want to do jujitsu like, in that thing? Yeah, yeah, you're not seeing some crazy jumps and flips and stuff. It's like, no, you're grounded and you are yes. heavy. And and we see exactly that when she steps on a, a trap that presumably, like, I don't know, shocks her or shuts down the system. And she just oh, like, yeah. falls over like a very expensive. <laughs> like <paper>. a robot? <laughs> yeah. Um, so in that one, they're trying to get out. They're still stuck. And then they want to they need to get onto the Razorback. But there's a slime problem with that. The Razorback is a two seater um, racing ship. Yep. And they have four. They have Avasarala, Courtier, Bobby, and the tech guy. And Avasarala is still giving Courtier crap during this entire thing. I'm pretty sure, like, every line that they talk to each other, there's a snar common just sitting in there every time. Honestly, I love their relationship a lot. I I love Courtier a lot. He's hilarious. Very royal. Very loyal. Yeah. Um, Yeah, for a spy, yeah. And you can tell Bobby respects him a lot. I think because Bobby's a, Bobby's figuring it out. What's yes. right? And what's uh, Bobby wrong. is a like was a zealot soldier, right? Like she believed in the cause of Mars, and then she was stabbed in the back. Wow, nice! I see yeah. what you did there, my friend. It, it, That's good. It, it, thank you, thank you. Uh, and she was stabbed in the back by Mars itself. Yeah, right. and that's they, that's awful. Like, see, like, I, I, yeah, I couldn't imagine that, honestly. Like, like, it's like as humans, we 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 run on this fragile line of sane and insane. You really do, and like that would drive the normal person. They're like, oh my god, is not a god. Oh, 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 and then snap. So now she's like, oh, I, I'm changing sides. That yeah. I mean, this whole process for her to process mentally. And emotionally and spiritually, however, like it's a lot. It, it is a extremely heavy burden on your body. Yeah. 
but it, it I just I think that's I think that's cool because like she's just if you think about it she's just doing all this like I'm a bad I'm I'm a bad bee bad apple bees dude she's um this show they're also has, quite cute uh, um I think my of all my favorite female characters in any like work of fiction mm-hmm. this show has I think all of them. Yeah, I was actually talking to my I have my roommate, my buddy that lives with us, and Chris, he was saying, he was like, yeah, that, that Alice Roger, yeah, she's she's cute. Yeah, she's, she's, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you should get him on Expanse, too, man. It's, it's amazing. He, he's been it. watching it with me. Oh, nice. So, I don't know. Nice. Maybe one of these days. Yeah, he... Uh... I want. I, I am curious to see what he, uh, what both of you guys think when we get to what is it? Five. I think it's season five, the second to last season. But yeah. anyways, let's continue here. Um, so Avastarala and Cortier wait patiently as Bobby goes to the outside of the ship and then comes back in, and, and then almost dies. Almost yeah. dies. I mean, okay, she's floating next to that freaking. Okay, so the transfer of heat in space, obviously the sun comes to us. She was really close to that thruster. So, like, um, it makes me think, like, she should have, like, yeah. Yeah. Unless there's some (laughs) physics that I have known nothing about. I just know, I was like, you should have lost a leg, Bobby. I love you, but you should have lost a leg. Ah, that's that Martian engineering, dog. Fair enough. Heat shields and all that stuff. Cool. I'm cool with it. So, yeah, so they get on uh, to the Razorback, and she can pilot well enough, um, I guess, military training. And uh, Courtyard and Tech Guy are Tech on guy. the escape dropship as the Guanxin gets absolutely demolished. By... That explosion is pretty sick. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like a, they, you hear it hit, and then it's like a low, <laughs> I thought that was cool they did that. <clears throat> so on Tycho Station, Fred Johnson is talking to Drummer um, about, you know, they have the port molecule, and Johnson wants to use Cortazar, which is that scientist at Anderson Dawes. I don't know if you remember. He got, you know, he kidnapped him. Right. Why does Johnson and, seem so, like, trustable? He's weird, man. He, there's times where I'm like, okay, I trust him a lot. And then times I'm like, I don't want to trust him ever again. Uh, He's just, he's, I don't know. He's a realist and I like him a lot. And he's very, he's a very experienced realist. He's not. Yeah. Like um, he's even no like, he's like, Hey, he's very self-aware that he's done bad things. But like he, he plays all of that, like into his move, like his moves pretty much like what's he's doing next. See what um, I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and so this is actually a big moment here in the show. Fred Johnson tells Drummer that he need that she needs to go get the Nauvoo. That remember that Mormon ship that they were building? Yeah, and repurpose it. Yeah. I remember that. They're only repurposing it. Yeah. Essentially, she's like, it's not a capital a, it, ship. Yeah, she's like, it's not supposed to be a warship. Like, that wouldn't look good. <laughs> but though, that thing's massive, man. That I know. That thing is massive. Yeah, it was cool though. It kind of reminded me of like a Halo type deal. Yeah, yeah, that big old spinning creating its own gravity right yeah we should play halo together sometime but anyway that's just not that's not <laughs> the conversation for here 
We should, but I agree. Uh, but so they're back on the Rasenate. Uh, Naomi, she wants to go to Taco Station. Oh, and, and this is oh, Holden is like, no, sorry, you suck. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, much, and, I mean, pretty much. And I love how Holden comes on. He's like, we need to go to IO. And then Naomi's like, listen, I get you're mad at me. And Holden's like, no, it has nothing to do with you. I don't, I don't really, don't care about you. I've already moved on. Cold. It was so about, cold. Yeah, he just like completely dismissed her. And he's like, this is about his daughter. Um, and he thinks uh, the way he just uh, like deduced it is one of the protomolecule fires. So like when the protomolecule fired back on Venus, you know, it there's like a signal gets kind of sent out. Because the protomolecule is completely connected all over. Right. And the signal that was sent out uh, fired on the same time on IO. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that that's where May must be. So, yeah. So now they're going to IO. Right. And, you know, Naomi was like, she was just, she's not having it. And she's going to do something stupid again. I can feel it. You know, I guess I can't yeah, say the protomolecular thing was stupid, but and you want to know what, Maz? I'm going to retract my statement saying that the only reason Naomi did something stupid is because she wasn't honest with the crew. I think that's the real reason deep down that I think it was stupid. Okay. That's it. That's it. I think that's the real reason. So would you be okay with her being Fred Johnson, a humanity-ending weapon, if she had just told Holden and Alex and Amos about it? I understand I gave you a loaded question. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, no, no. Because then it's not just her brain and emotions thinking about it. She's actually getting somebody else involved, which has (laughs) saved her life. And it's just the crew aspect, the crew dynamic. She got them involved, and they're all able to say that, like, oh, you know what? I helped her end the world. At least she's not alone. Or just they're together. They and they trust each other. It was more of like a trust thing, and she just she totally just screwed all of that. Like, just put it like this: if it was me and you at the end of the world, and we're in an apocalypse, and you know we got the we got our core group of people, we know who they are, blah blah blah. And one was like, "Yeah, uh, I inject Bobby over there with a with a uh, zombie virus." Sorry, buddy, I thought he had to go, and he didn't tell anybody. It's like, yeah, I hated Bobby too, but you should have told me, man. Okay. You see I what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, no, I, I can actually just tell me, like, be honest, and you probably would have killed. Like, and, and if and if Amos and Holden were like, you know what? No, that's that's bad. This is this 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 is why. And she's like, oh, you know what? You're right. Like, thank you for putting your input in. I think differently now. Instead, she just did it willy nilly, went off in emotion, and didn't think logically or reasonably about how it could affect this going forward, or not just the rest of the universe, but maybe even just the crew. That is an actually a very pretty good take. I like how you broke that down. That was nice. I don't mean but to I could be wrong. surprised, but no, I, I did. That was a pretty good breakdown. I, I respect that. Um, But anyways, on to episode two. On to number two. It's going to be a four-hour episode. Just everybody hang on. Yeah. I'm kidding. That's how these go, though, man. These uh, these expanse episodes are so long. It, yeah. There's so 45 much. 45 minutes. Uh, yep. You know, good discussions. So We could literally cover an entire, like, 
three seasons of like Naruto or something in the time that we cover one episode of one of the honestly yeah because Naruto just doesn't matter okay okay thing. sorry attack on Titan whatever I'll yeah. give you one of yours <laughs> oh man um, I do want to actually take out an episode to discuss Naruto though and all of its strengths and weaknesses I, I can give you four hours of content I'm honestly I really am down uh, I could give you four I could give you I don't want to talk about too much. I give you three and a half, three to three and a half hours of content, just because I'm gonna to start to babble and it's gonna go on and on and on. But anyways, so the beginning of this episode was. I like cold openings like this, where it they <laughs> present you with like characters that you are not introduced to at all yet, and then you're mm -hmm. like, "What the hell is going on?" Right. This and, is where it was the the Anna girl showed up yes. with the protesters. Yep. Yeah. So the uh, the protest is going on outside the UN building. Wouldn't you protest Anna. too? <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, they just started a war. It's like what the hell? Like we, we have what is it? Seventy uh, percent of Earth's population is on basic assistance. Isn't that what they said? Something I like think that? so. It was it was at an obscenely high percentage. So I'm assuming when they say basic assistance, that means that majority of those 70% are probably not working either, right? So I can't imagine what the uh the mental state of these people are, right? When you have when you're not working at all that uh that you know I think they, that, that that starts to degrade on the mind, I, I think. Well, you know what they used to say back in the days Go on. There's some nobility in being poor. You know what I mean? Not nobility as in like, like riches uh, and wealth, but yes, but it's more like nobility as in understanding that it's not all about all of that. As long as you can find your basic needs and appreciate the little things and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's generally speaking, that's what I mean. There's nobility in being poor. I mean, I'll be honest. I don't believe it. A lot of that stuff, maybe I used to believe when I was younger and whatnot, but I don't. I don't think I believe it. I don't buy it personally. <laughs> it also goes with uh, more money, more problems. So it's always yeah. one of those. It's always one of those things in life so where you that, just pick your you pick one, your poison. Just pick your poison. One if you're I okay agree with, your with. Poison. that one. I do agree with on a certain level. I understand that those do kind of work hand in hand. Like more money, more problems kind of implies that when you have less money, you have less problem to deal with. And that's a nobility prior you're implying, yeah. or, you know, referring to. But I don't know. And I know where this is not the conversation to be having right now. But yeah, I just that second one, I do agree with on a certain level that, yes, Fair enough. more money, you have more things to spend it on all of a sudden. And then it just becomes like, oh, you know, <clears throat> but yeah. Anna is a some form of Christian something, uh, and she runs a clinic. Uh, a she church is a clinic, human rights right? activist. Yeah, uh, she's part of some human rights activist. And uh, Secretary General, old boy, was one of her friends. I don't know if it was her mentor or just a friend that she had through the protest group uh, or so you know civil rights group or something like that. And so he got elected to the highest office. Yeah, how did that happen? In the planet, uh, through I'm assuming the work that they did in that protest group. So that that's a that's the line that, um, 
that I was talking about that imply uh, that you know explains Secretary General Esteban's history. Esteban is that he was uh, a essentially a you know a, a human rights activist. Uh, and, and he was a really good speaker. Like he was he, voted he, in. Yeah, and if you listen to his speech, he was a very good speaker. And to my understanding, she wrote Statesman. the speech for him. Right? Yeah. Um, and but you know, he has the charisma. He was very good at, you know, speaking. So she just wrote the speeches. <laughs> yeah, so he became the face of the human rights movement and or, you know, whatever it is that they're protesting. And that's how he got elected. Right. But the problem is that, and you saw this with old Bobby B, uh, Robert Baratheon in Game of Thrones, that just because yeah. you can win a crown does not mean you will be a good king. Right. Um, and that's what we saw with him, is that, yeah, he got elected based off what he said and whatnot, but he doesn't actually have the, the he doesn't have what it takes to rule Earth. And obviously 70, 70% of people don't have jobs. Yeah, yeah. So... You would which, think by which I'm not enough. saying that necessarily. Uh, we obviously don't have enough knowledge on the expanse history to uh, say that that's necessarily his fault. But like you, but you know, Jordan is right in bringing up that. Yeah, they. I doubt that he's done anything to help that situation, right? And of course, you know, American government today is so big, so you know, so so much red tape and so complicated at this point that if you can't fix america i can't even imagine how difficult it would be to try and fix you know the un uh oh god like hundreds of years from now could you imagine that like america is such a big government now imagine a one world government like that would be insurmountable like you, probably you, one of those things where it better just be pressed the restart button <laughs> And that's honestly what Mars did, right? That's why Mars wanted its independence because it's like you guys can't even look after yourself on that planet. We will be an afterthought being colony, uh, like, you know, a colony on Mars, right? We have to have our independence. It just has to happen. It's kind of like the best way I would describe it is, uh, and I understand it was for more than, uh, you know, the simplistic reason, but like the right. American, when America was a colony of the UK or England, you, the the countries are so far apart that you couldn't realistically Ooh. manage it, anyways. Right, like, and I imagine when Mars first became a colony, I understand that their communication was relatively fast enough, but that's an entirely different planet, dude. And it's not the yep. moon; it's Mars. Like, it's an entirely different planet. <laughs> It's uh, really far away. Remember what we talked about, that you could take every planet within our solar system and put it between the Earth and the moon. So imagine how much more of a distance Mars is from Earth. Uh, How many ever times it... That many planets? (laughs) Yeah. So it's, you know, it's far. Uh, So... Yeah, Mars would have become an afterthought, and that that was going to happen. But anyways, back to Esteban and Anna and Aaron, right? So, um, they're an open conversation, pretty much. Yeah. So Aaron Wright does not like her. I love Aaron. The way he regards Anna is hilarious to me. Aaron's a turd. 
Yeah, and uh, when they were discussing about, like, you know, uh, we don't have Jules Pierre Mao, but we have his children, we can apply, you know, pressure through the children. And she's like, in times of, you know, you're going to go after children. And he's like, well, in times of war, you have to do hard stuff. And she's like, we, ha I think she says we have an entirely new testament talking about stuff like this. So implying, I think that, she mentioned something like that. Yeah. So that means that there's a new, I don't want to say religion, but testament. I, I, I thought that was really. Don't even get me started. Yeah, that that that's so cool though, right? Because that that implies that there's probably a new prophet, I guess. Right? Is that how you imply that? That that's how I. Um, Fair enough. Uh, interpreted it, right? It is a new. I mean, if it's a New Testament, how else would it have come down? Unless, you know, you could say that some guy just found a book in the middle of the ocean and no. he said it was signed by God. Uh, so we're following this. I mean, it could just be a new philosophy that people see that life should be, you know, how people should see life. Somebody just wrote down a new philosophy. People started to follow it. It started to make them feel good. And but would that be tied to Christianity still, though? Right. That, who that said would... she was Christian? I'm assuming she's Christian. See, maybe she's not. Yeah, but then would she say a New Testament, though? Maybe. But, and I, I'm assuming that she means Could a New Testament old words. in the Bible. Uh, I mean, like I said, it's been how many years since we are from this point to there? I mean, if you think about it, the Eastern people back in the day used to follow a path they never called it a religion there's no translation for the word religion so when it came right. over here right, I'm, I'm, gonna look this, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look this up i'm gonna look this up what i'm saying is is that when you it could be something that they used from the past that just ended up working he is anna a methodist preacher so she is she's Methodist preacher. Yep, that's what it says on the wiki. All right, then we can go for oh the wiki. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so we can go forward to thinking that okay. So if there's a New Testament, you think there's a new prophet? Either that, or again, it's like <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, someone just claimed that hey, I found this book in the church, signed by God Himself. Here we go. I mean, or or okay, okay, hold on. I know, by the way, I don't say this stuff to make fun of anyone or anything like that. No, just no, no, no. It's more like a, it's more like something that could happen, and like not going to outlandish terms, like an angel came down and gave him the book from. You know what I mean? You're thinking of something that could really happen. I was just thinking maybe an archaeological dig. They found it an archaeological dig, and it's maybe what happened after the new old. However, they wanted to line it up. Interesting. Okay. I don't think it. Uh, okay, so anyone listening, we don't think that this discussion really matters for the expanse, but it's just, it's just we like it's having just, this discussion, yes. so it's fun. Um, uh, <laughs> Bobby and Avasarala are inside the Razorback, and she. Oh, that thing's so cool, by the old way. Late, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's the the Razorback is owned. Uh, was a, uh, what is it? That's a race ship, racing ship. The gun in Call of Duty. What? No. Sorry, the the it's a it was of it was Shuley a Mount. gun in Call of Duty. Why are you laughing? I just because have to that. Call of Duty is 
Okay, some of our listeners might be fans. So let's just continue on. All right, well, I'm about to lose some fans. No, I'm, I'm a um, listener. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the Razorback is a racing ship owned by Julie Mao. That was, yeah, that was that was and something that I thought was interesting. It wasn't it, it wasn't like a super big deal, but if you rewatch the show, they do mention the Razorback a couple of times. Uh, in a call from, I think it was a video message that Julie left her dad. Uh, her dad. She said, "Go ahead and keep the Razorback. I don't care." Yeah, I thought it was a horse at first. Yeah. <laughs> so like, and it's funny because like you jump over to the next scene, and this is the only reason I'm saying this is that. Isn't the only reason that Amos and them end up helping is because that ship was owned by Mao, and they kind of like that kind of sparked their interest in wanting to help these people. Um, Maybe it wasn't they find just answers. Owned by Mao, but it's also that you know they have a high, was it high priority? Uh, yeah, but a, I'm talking about after that when they figured oh. out it was that ship. Um, didn't it, like sparked. I'm pretty sure, like I remember, like. Watching the episode, and they're like, "Oh, are you asking why they saved the ship?" No, it's like why they saved it partially because it was owned by Jules or uh, Julie. Yeah, that, that is one of the reasons that like. Okay, okay, I wasn't going crazy because I yeah, thought, yeah. I don't know if this is the part, but I remember them like being very eccentric about their investigation into the ship after. Yeah. Um. So in that, they're just kind of floating around, and they have their drive signatures. Everything kind of powered down to low power. It's like very low power, yeah, uh, and it's very low. difficult to uh, detect. Um, we, and we see this kind of in all forms of sci-fi. Uh, uh, Star Wars has this. Uh, if you pl- if you ever played Elite Dangerous, it's the same way, too. If you're trying to hide from a pirate, you can just kind of power down super low and just park on an asteroid. Uh, what a game? Elite Dangerous. What? Yeah, it's a. I want to play this game. I do not recommend that game. It's, you're gonna get oh, okay. Bored. It's fun for like 45 minutes, and then it's just not worth the price. Uh, do you understand how long it takes me to get bored of something? By all means, go ahead. I, if you have a VR headset, that it, I imagine the enjoyment time gets multiplied there. But, but anyways, uh, yeah, they they kind of stay hidden for a while, but then all of a sudden they're found and they get fired upon, but the Razorback's really fast, so they start flying away at very high G speeds, but the problem which is... Which almost kills... Which almost kills our Sorella, because she's not... First of all, she's him. old. Right? It, this is... It, yes. I, have, you, have you guys she's ever not seen young. an old, old man or woman go on a roller coaster? <laughs> no, you haven't, right? Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, now imagine a roller coaster times like seven. I think it's more than that. Yeah, yeah. I was being but conservative. Uh, it's funny because like she's talking to Australia and Australia's like, "Doesn't this bother you?" And she's like, "I can handle like four more G's." I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, on my, you go, Bobby. You go. Yeah, I love Bobby. Um, dude, that suit that she wears underneath the armor too—that like the easy weaves is awesome. Yeah, it's really tight, form fitting. Yeah, I love it. I want one of those. <laughs> no, seriously, man. I'm going to show the jiu-jitsu one day with that. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Just not as form-fitting, right? No, even more form-fitting. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Just make sure you're wearing shorts or something, all right? Debatable. Yeah, man. Uh, so, yeah, they're running away from the ship, and 
they have to inject themselves with this serum serum yeah what is that they never really like give much details about it because and again this is like good writing in the sense of all the characters are so used to this this is kind of like you know like we would they don't have to to explain it yeah there would be no reason for them to explain (coughs) it to each other that there's no reason for it to be brought up to the audience and i really like that stuff um well, because if not, I was going to put the chemicals together and try it myself. Yeah. And launch myself into space. The uh, That wouldn't work well. I need a protomolecule. This Sorry. would be like somebody commenting on Ethernet cables, like having a conversation about Ethernet cables for the sake of like an audience member listening. Like it wouldn't feel organic at all. Like no one talks about Ethernet cables. Do you want to have a conversation about Ethernet cables? Don't get me started. No, I, I hate I hate when they get tangled up and they start scrunching up and – you like they start to curl. I'm sorry. I could do this though. You know, you know I could. I know you could, and uh, I'm pretty impressed because there's not very many people. You know, I work in this field, so I would have met you, uh, in that conversation. But for the sake of the podcast and the listeners, I'll just we'll cut, it, cut there. it there. Yeah. Um, so Naomi's trying to butter off. <laughs> I love how she's like trying to get with the crew and like. Trying to be nice about everything. She's saying... But so, hey, see, that's know. what I'm saying. She knows she messed up. She knows she messed up. Yes. And, now, and, it's, fact, and it's not in the sense... It's not in the sense that she's not helping... She is helping the belt because everything can be true at once. But she screwed the trust of the crew. Yes. And, and she, don't do in that. fact, I think kind of basically comments on that. She's like, I know I should have talked about it with you guys. Captain Jack Sparrow, I'm telling you. <laughs> um. So... She she has, like, you know, engineering degree, and she says, like, you know, I can make her burn a little bit more efficient, so by the time we get to IO, um, we actually we have enough. There, you know, we're not just yes. sitting there drifting in space. Yes. And Alex receives an IFF, you know, it, if, uh, was it, is it friend, friend or fro or something like that? What? Identify friend or foe. IFF. Yes. That's the IFF. signal. Um, and that's a MCRN signal, so that's why he knows about it. And which was cool. Yes. And so Alex wants to save Bobby because he has a sense of duty, right? Because he is a Martian. He does have a sense of patriotism almost to Mars. And he says, you know, I have an oath. Uh, even though I'm not an active duty service member of Mars, I, I still have an oath to, you know, oath. save a Martian in need. And it's not like, you know, this is like a, he thinks Martians are superior. We we've seen Alex is a good guy. We've seen him save Belters on several occasions. So. And it's not even it's not even that. He's saving a life. Yeah, yeah. Like he's and, just he's not he's not doing that thing where it's a, a it's a name thing. It's like oh I can save a life. Oh I'm gonna save a life. Me be damned. Yeah. Uh, and so Alex wants to go. Holden doesn't because he's like I'm done saving people. I do. Uh, Holden's character arc. I'll be honest with you. And I didn't feel it too much. Like, I, I understand he's very idealistic and he wants to do the right thing. But now he's kind of burnt out by it. He's been hurt by it. Way so, too many times. Yeah, so he's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he kind of handed the vote off to Prax. Like, you know, I'll let Prax decide. And Prax is like, I'm not part of this. He's like, yeah, you kind of are. We're going to IO because of your daughter. So um, Prax basically says, well... I mean, we know that he decides to save him because they come in and save him. 
Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks. And that's, I mean, and he even explains that it's like it was. He's like it was just the right thing to do. It yeah. it just was. Yeah. So and that's they, like selflessness. That you know, it's that selflessness that, that they all kind of recognized. Yeah. Um. And so the Razorback is flying, still trying to avoid missiles, and the Rasenate saves them. It it fires like the nukes and then it flies through like a high G maneuver, like sideways, almost drifting in space, yes. and just shoots at the engine uh, drives, just makes them basically, you know, useless like hunk of metal flying through space. Right, it doesn't explode. Yeah, because it if I'm correct in sp- like space, the primer has to hit, like it has to hit the tip. Or it has to hit the primer, or it has to hit something, right? For it to go off. Uh, you wait. I'm sorry. Explain that. For the missiles to go off, that it has to hit. It has to be primed. Yeah. The yeah. The warhead. Unless a warhead has been disarmed, which I think you can do that. Even in today's like technology, you can disarm the warhead before it actually hits. Like with what? Like hacking? No. Like uh, if you fire a big. Missile, and I'm assuming this works with nukes too. I think you can disable the warhead beforehand. So for those, oh, by hitting by hitting it in the okay. No, not even hitting in the air. Like a lot of these are guided missiles, and like you know, there's a lot of computer stuff that goes on with these missiles. Okay, okay, so that's remote connectivity. Yeah, so you can disable it, so like the warhead's like no longer primed. To my understanding, that's what you meant. I thought you meant like. Somebody hacked into the nuke and just shut it off mid flight. I'm like, dude, that doesn't happen. That's in the movies. Theoretically, if you could disable it when you have permissions, theoretically, if you hacked into it, you could disable it as well. But the hacking would be a lot more. You'd have to have started hacking. Pro- you, have, you have to start the program, which would. You'd have to start the hacking process long before the missile is launched, is the point I'm trying to make. You have to already be in there, pretty much. Basically, hacking is not like what you see in the movies, where you just like yes, type yes. figures, uh, furious things. Like you're already in there. You've planted yourself in there yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. Hacking takes it's a long, long process. It's not something that's just done. In Unless your fingers can move at um, no, 6, even, even keys then, a minute. just the concept of hacking, it's not like yeah, that. <laughs> your brain has to pro. You have to plug your brain into the PC, but we're we're not there yet. Um, just saying. So yeah, it destroys the ship that's chasing them, uh, which is crazy because the Rosnata didn't take very much damage. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of cool, aren't they? The Rosnata they punch way I just feel, over there. Wait, I just feel like they're. I feel like they kind of come in at the right time and give a quick sucker punch. And actually land. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this is good. We kind of snuck up on you guerrilla warfare style. That's how I feel like they do it. Just all guerrilla warfare. In space. I mean, the, uh, again, when it comes to space fights, everything has to be, like, you know, damn near perfect. Because if you mess up in space, like, like, if you're not ready for a fight, and you don't have your entire cabin depressurized, and then a bullet goes through, cutting your head off. Yeah, Done. Yeah, we've already seen that. Over. Uh, 
Well, that, even if that wasn't depressurized, it that would have still happened because the bullet would have still went through. But that whole thing of sealing the thing, the the hole, so they can the breathe, holes. yeah, would not have been a thing. But if they had depressurized and then have their suits on, they would have died anyways. But you know, right? Rabbit hole, rabbit hole, rabbit hole. <laughs> no. Uh, and so oh, this shot was amazing. I loved the shot of Bobby carrying Avasarala to the uh, to the Rasenate. You remember? You, that? you liked it? I loved that shot. That that the visuals of that was amazing. Like Avasarala, just like you know, Fred Eagle, that she's seeing her own reflection as she's being carried to the Rasenate. That shot was just beautiful. It was beautiful. Okay, I, I don't know. I just I, I didn't see the sex appeal. <laughs> I don't know. I maybe I've been looking into a little bit more of the camera work. You start looking at more things, right, on rewatches because you can afford to concentrate on some smaller detail stuff on rewatches. Absolutely. So yeah, that's just wow. You already know what's kind of happened too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the episode basically was on IO with May. Okay, I, I will say this and expanse can't be 100% everywhere, right? But the kid actors that they picked for the promocules, they're not good. They're not good. Like, <laughs> I understand kid actors are generally hit or miss at best, but they're not good. They're 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 doing yeah, a very a typical break. overacting, and I get it. You know, they're little kids. I'm not gonna sit here and act as though I can act better or whatnot. Maybe which you could. I'll be honest. I think I probably could act better than <laughs> how bad they were acting. But you know, that's neither here nor there. Jeez. Um, but I, I get, I'm God. just saying, man. I mean, seriously, they just. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy anything. It was very over, overdone. Like it, it felt like the kids didn't know how to convey their emotions in a realistic manner and felt like they had to exaggerate everything. That's how you could be right. Um, so that was the end of that. Episode. Be right. And then the next episode, final episode will be covered today. Assured destruction. Alistair kind of unconscious. I love what happens here. Bobby's like instantly. She's like, Oh, these guys who saved me. Let me start a fight with them. And she's sees... yeah, Bobby, she's very confrontational. Yes, that's, that's why she's one of my favorite characters. She reminds me of me. The oh, that's that's terrible. We should uh, not do that. What? Yeah, I just can't help myself. I know. <laughs> so Bobby sees the bulkhead uh, flag for uh, Mars was defaced. Yeah. Like, he got rid of the moon. And he's like, did you think that was funny? And it was like, I did at the time. <laughs> yeah. And he... he, he 100% means it. He's not saying I did at the time to try and get out of a beating. He's saying I did at the time because he legitimately at the time thought it was funny. And maybe he doesn't anymore now because the moments kind of left him. So if they fought, who do you think would win? <coughs> Excuse me. Bobby wins. I mean, why? She's a, she's a Martian Marine, dude. Okay, that doesn't mean that she's better, though. She's better. She can absolutely wreck Amos. You think she? You really do think so? Yes. Man, you have real high respect for her for some reason, and I guess I gotta respect it. But 
I don't know. I feel like Amos has gone to dark places in this world, and she hasn't quite gotten there yet. I don't know. I just yeah, but I mean, we've seen her uh, wreck like three security guards, no problem. I don't know. We're, we're talking about Amos here. Armed. Yeah, but uh, Amos is gonna throw dirt in your face and kick you in the crotch, even if you're a lady. He's gonna take you out. And yeah, and Bobby will probably eat that kick and not even care. Okay. All right. Now we're talking semantics. <laughs> <laughs> But in, anyway, anyway, all right, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I have to say they did start season three out kind of with a little flash, a little flair. So they're just kind of starting to butt heads and I love how she's like, you know, you call me, what is it? Darling, one more time and I'm gonna and you're gonna be saying that, what is it? Through a metal tube or something. Through a metal tube, yeah. Oh my god, I love how she has a way with words when it comes to threatening people. Is that what you call that? I, would, I think I would call that with a way, uh, having that <laughs> way with words, I guess. Fair enough. He's just, just <laughs> That's awesome, though. I mean, that's what gives this a little bit more appeal, too. You have these character interactions that are like, you start to sympathize for them, and you start to like step in their shoes, and it's like, oh, I get why she's doing this, or he's doing this. It, with Bobby, it's... she's. I, I imagine that they're trying to portray her as also someone like kind of young and naive and hot-headed. And yeah, that's who she is. Welcome to Amos. Yeah, and Amos is the best person for her to run into. It's yeah, hilarious. that's that's terrible. Yeah, uh, and so Holden tells Alistair, "Is like I don't really owe you anything. I'll fix you your comms and anything that you need." You know, well, besides that, we're kind of done. Yeah, I don't really owe you anything. And, and so I, this I is, know. I loved this episode too, because this is where Aaron Wright starts pushing for a preemptive strike on Mars. Because by the way, yes, discussed, there is an open, they've openly declared war. So now it is official. They're talking about attacking those platforms. Yeah. Uh, the MCRN, like they're stealth based. And I think they've launched these rods. Uh, and I think they're nuclear, but it, can't remember exactly, but yeah, they're uh, you know What's they're big not missiles. Nuclear? They're big boom, uh, big boom. Yeah, it, and Secretary General is like, I, first of all, we don't even know where all of them are. Second of all, we'd have to hit them all at the same time because if we don't, you know, and they what and they get noticed, you know, hey, we've been found out, fire everything. That's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. So, he said he was like, release all the proto molecule at all times. <coughs> I mean, they don't have a proto molecule. I know, but that's what oh, I wanted him to say. Yeah, yeah. fire everything. Um, fire it all. And so like, on the UNN, Ad Agatha King, Admiral Souther, like that. That, remember that guy? He was the one who um, ceremoniously stepped down. Yes. Yeah, so he's on this really awful old ship in fact like his uh lieutenants are making fun of it and he's like uh admiral Souther's like an older man obviously right because he's yes. been in the navy for a long time so he has like 
that nostalgia feeling for it. <laughs> um, and Fleet Admiral Gwen, yes, he wants to stop by and he wants to interrogate what is it, Courtier? And Courtier, Courtier. by the way, at this point, he Escaped. chokes out um, the tech guy. Yes. Um, but he but he escaped. Lo and behold. Yes. It was close call there, but he escapes. Yeah, I'm glad he escaped though. Yeah, so he he does kill um, tech guy. By the way, I'm not. Yeah. When, when I say <laughs> choke, I, I, when I I realize when I said choke out, I I could have been implying, you know, that alive he just, still. like unconscious, like you know, jujitsu. Like he went out and he but he's still alive. No, he he straight up kills him. Because uh, Tech Guy, guy. was uh, freaking out. Uh, he could not be trusted. Couldn't handle Tech it. Guy. Yeah, couldn't couldn't handle it. He is through and through a Tech Guy. <laughs> and so this is unusual. And Southern knows that something's going on. He doesn't exactly really respect Fleet Admiral Gwen. And so... This was he he Fleet Admiral Gwen uh, accuses Alvastrala of colluding with Mars, to which right. that already that tells Souther everything. He's like, okay, something's not right because she's a patriot, and you know she's a massive pain her. in the, my rear end. But you know, it's like that mutual trust. Never, yeah, I, she will never betray her. So you need to start talking right now. And, and and when when he gives that speech, that's what t- kind of t- uh, tips Courtier off. It's like, okay, this guy is real. He's not. Yes. He's not lying. Um. This is when it really starts to all kind of like the veil is about to be un. Like I feel like everything's about to pop. Yep. Um. So there, there's gonna be some interesting stuff happening here, and Agatha King starts. Uh. Starts to head to Io as Emil Gwen takes over command of the ship. He's like, you know what? Right. I will actually take you up on your offer. The ship is mine. <laughs> yeah, like what? Um, and also on Io, Ma, uh, Jules Pierre Mao, Monsieur Mao, he orders Doctor Strickland to end the experimentation because he feels like a connection to May because May reminds him, presumably, of Julie Mao. Yes. Um, so he's like, okay, you know what? End the experiments. We're experimenting on children. This is not right, blah, blah, blah. And then... Which is crazy, because, like, now you see? Yeah, yeah. Na- it's like, yeah, now? Okay, so, th- okay, so I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that I found this a little... The writing here could have been a little bit smoother. I understand that some people are now. just lack so much <laughs> empathy that they don't really realize things until something kind of slaps them. So maybe I'm being a little harsh. But I thought I agree with you. It was like, hang on. Your daughter died to the protomolecule, and you saw the video for yourself, and that didn't stop you from experimenting. But you see a of girl all things who reminds you of your daughter, and that is what that's painful. That's, yeah, painful. That was, that's painful. That was a little weird. Freaking um, turd. <laughs> yeah. So that's the best word I could have used without yeah, being they, real, like, just mean like, about it. Yeah. So Anna is back on Earth, and she's uh, kind of telling Secretary General Old Boy Gillis. Yeah, I'm just gonna call Old Boy. boy. Yeah, what is he from the South? (laughs) He might be. Uh, 
and she he wants no he wants her to write his speech and she really doesn't want to and but he said like you know okay how about this you fund my uh clinic for one year right and then i'll do this but okay so now i don't know the price i unless her clinic is servicing hundreds of thousands of patients like a week basically uh, on either that and the clinic is very expensive or she priced herself way too low you're telling me you're servicing the president the the ruler think- the highest ruling authority in the uh, on on earth on the entire planet that's the highest ruling authority you're advising him and when your price for his, for your service is one year's worth that's it just one year i would have said you need to fund this for at least five years. I would have even okay, pushed well, for a decade. What if they know that they can service? Well, think about it. 10% of the population is on basic care. What if they know that they can service 70, like, oh, not 70, but maybe 55% of that? And that's why she's like, for a year, you could do this. And maybe, I don't know, maybe she can make a change that way. But it, it just seems like. It's like a like yeah, you help people for a year, but then after that, what they're just that's it, that's it. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just I don't know. I feel like she could have talked up a little bit more than a year, but I do agree with you. Like, the government kind of already funding seventy percent of the world's population. Um, that is not good. Yeah, so I guess maybe it's not like the government could really afford. Uh, so it's, it's fine. I just, I don't know. I, I just felt like the year was a little bit low. It's, and I get that she's like, you know, she is a, you know, what is that? A charitable kind of person. They're right. not much of a negotiation. They don't have a lot of, um, they have, they have a lot of agreeableness. Not a lot of like, you need to be disagreeable to like bargain and argue she's more agreeable so it's like she's gonna more agree to a low terms instead of fighting for that maybe a little bit higher maybe even two or three years that's what i say so they find all five platforms and of the, all five yeah of the mcrn preemptive strike uh things the nuclear rod from god platforms yeah that the, didn't they actually suppose something like that in real life? Uh, supposedly. That's what I've heard. But, I mean, I don't know if how true it is or if it's just, like, a conspiracy at the moment or whatnot. But... There's a... I don't know. I just... I clicked on our girl. Her name... Did you know Bobby Draper's actress name's Frankie Adams? Yeah, I do. Okay. Some reason I didn't know that. Yeah, I feel um, I'm in, I am excited to see some of these actors playing in other roles because they're they're phenomenal, especially drummer. Um, yeah, drummer's amazing, and keep watching her. She's she's awesome. Her character something's gonna happen, her, huh? Her car. It's not necessarily something's gonna happen. It's just her character arc as how she evolves. Uh, it, it's just it's beautiful. Um, well, good. I like that. That that you know. It's not like a main character just always be the one that's on focus. Yeah. And so. Now. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. 
I wonder how long time has passed since the now when we're talking about and when the uh, luxury ship got blown up. How much time has passed? Like, I wish there was like a week, a day, two days. I'm sorry. What is? Uh, I, I don't know what you're saying. Sorry. Go ahead. So like, right now there is. They're on the Rastanate, right? Right. They're right. floating in space and they're having all these conversations. Yes. And we're going back and forth between Cortier and Mars, the UN. How much time has passed since the luxury ship has blown up? Oh, I, I can't imagine it's been that long, right? Like, otherwise he would have bled out. Right, so it's only been like... It's probably been a day, max. Not even. Maybe? Yeah. Okay. I can't imagine it's been that long. Well, I'm just saying, like, I need no, no, to, like... I, sometimes I need to understand, like, what... Like, it, it is hard. It's like, wait a second. For talking... Because they don't travel at the speed of light, right? They're traveling really fast, just not the speed of light. Um. Anyways, the... So... Coming back to Earth, old boy says, you know, this Stop is not it. good enough. <laughs> he says, like, 80% is not good enough. Because if one nuke or one rod or whatever gets through, that could kill millions of people. That's just not right. good enough. He was angry about that, too. Yeah. And then eventually they come back and like, listen, this is the only chance we've got. And, you know, we destroy their preemptive strike capabilities. We, we have the upper hand. And... When we started, we outnumbered their ships five to one. Now we outnumber them three to one. So this war, every single time this, every week this war goes on, they start gaining the leverage. And yeah, and it's to be honest, it's with crazy because like nobody's gaining anything. They're just it's no, everybody's just, I mean, it's just you, destruction. If you think about it realistically, on a real, like, not I guess not an emotional way of looking at war, he is right in a certain extent when you. If you're going to start doing peace talks, you need to have something to leverage, right? Well, yeah, I understand uh, that. But if, And if you start going to the peace talks and you, you're you losing the war, you don't get as much coming out, right? So right. Now, now, not only have you lost the war, but you've left the peace talks. It becomes kind of a situation like you might as well have just kept fighting the war, hoping that something yes. turned around. Um so I get where Aaron Rice coming from. He's an ultra nationalist, hoorah for Earth, blah blah blah. But um, I, good I do agree with you in the sense that like his his methods are causing Earth more damage, and and we see that because eventually, old boy is <laughs> Gillis Gillis uh, is convinced of firing on the platforms, and they do. But because of Earth's data te- technology, one of the railgun platforms does not fire in time, and they destroy all five uh, of the pre uh, uh, Mars's what's called preemptive strike platforms. But they destroyed one a little too late and was not synchronized, and so it's able to get a nuke off, and then the nuke uh, the nuke is fired to Earth, and it it uh, two Earth million has, people. Yeah, Earth uh, has like what is it? Uh, missile defense system to which the missile had an anti-missile defense system things already in place so it blocked all those and then it landed somewhere in South America killing 2 million people um, then later Aaron Wright goes to talk oh, poor to... professor and his family are gone <laughs> well we don't know where in South America we just know it's South America so 
I feel it said Brazil. Did it say Brazil? Okay. Or maybe it didn't. I thought it was Brazil know. at first too, but then it just said South America. I'm like, oh, all right, all right, I'll just. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Regardless, I mean, the Earth is very populated now. Could you imagine then, right? Like every city is like the size of Chicago or something like that. That would be crazy. Oh my God, stop! That'd be, That'd be nuts. Guys like me and you just we'd have to go to Mars. We would have to go to Mars because there'd just be too many people. Um, like oxygen. Yeah. Oxygen is overrated. I can go without it. All right, fine. Let me inject you the proto molecule right now. Oof, right? Could you imagine yep. me in jujitsu with a proto molecule? No, you wouldn't know where you were at, Moz. I think I can, do it. I can handle it. I'd have to chop your head off with a saw. Uh, so, or would uh, you dismantle the saw? Would I dismantle the saw? Well, we never know. It's like a it's like a tootsie roll pop. Uh, that is an old commercial. I cannot believe you referenced <laughs> that. Um, on Arasanate, Avasarala, and Naomi have a conversation. And when you oh, watch a show and you're paying close attention to like the backgrounds and what drives these characters, there are certain character interactions that you just can't wait to have happen. And for me, Bobby and Amos were a big one. And then Avasarala and Naomi were a big one because both these characters, uh, Avasarala and Naomi, that is, they're very passionate in their patriotism for where they come from. So yeah, that seems like it's gonna was amazing. And um, they liked it. I loved it. Um, Avasarala is a statesman, and so she has a lot of the background for the details for everything that goes on as to why a certain faction did what they did. Right, Naomi is just a regular citizen of the belt. Sees what she sees. She sees what she sees. She sees what she's told to see by her surroundings. Yeah. It's always going to be biased. And I'm not saying Avatarala is not biased. She is the queen of bias, right? So I'm not saying she Earth, is Earth, biased. Earth. Yeah. But um, this is like, you know, everyone has their own political opinions. But I would say if you were to go and debate with a statesman, you're going to lose a debate. Me? Never. Person. Never. <laughs> An average person will lose a debate because luck, Obama. they just don't have the other person could drown them with facts that may not even be right, but because they say it confidently and you don't know all the facts because you that's not your job to know all the facts because you're an engineer or a teacher or a plumber or something like that. Because that's not your job, you don't deal with those that world on a daily basis. They could just say, Oh, well, the reason I didn't do this is because the uh Amazon was on fire this one day and I had to go put it out. And that's why it wasn't available to take care of this school crisis that was going on. But, you know, he could clearly be lying and the fire may have not happened the same day as a school crisis at all. You know? Yep. And this is, this is what it kind of felt like. I'm not saying Alistair was lying or anything like that, but she just, uh, she gets a bigger picture. Understanding. She was talking at, not talking with. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a very good way of putting it. And I love how uh, Avatarla at the end is like, you know, yeah, we're not going to be friends. You were right. I don't do well with that. I don't do well with talking at. If you're going to talk at me, I'm about to... I think, things about to get I think weird. she was... Uh, Avatarla is a very confrontational person as it is. And she has Intimid- to She tries to be intimidating. Yeah, yes, and she, yes. yeah, and she deals with a cutthroat kind of uh, environment. And so I can understand her background. But I do agree with you. She... 
Um, but I also think Naomi wasn't buying her any favors because she Naomi kind of turned her nose up at Alistrala, like literally second the she saw Alistrala. So it's not like it's one of those situations where like both sides have so much preconceived notions about the other going into it that right. it was just not going to go any other way. It, it was like uh, they couldn't get past their preemptive bias. Yep, that yeah, that's hundred uh, percent how I saw it as well. So, um, one final thing I wanted to talk about before we close out this behemoth of an episode ah. is. Uh, What's her face? Anna is watching the news about South America getting absolutely devastated by this missile, and, and that is terrible. Yeah. And Aaron Wright comes in and he said, and he knows that she was the reason that he kind of backed out initially. Old boy did. Um, that he said that this would have been avoided if he hadn't hesitated, which we know that right. that's, that's we as the audience know that that's not true. Right, exactly. Because this happened because one of the uh, railgun platforms malfunctioned. There was like a power cycling issue, and so it didn't fire on time. If it had fired on time, it would have been fine. Right, um, but but you know it didn't. So that's sad. Two million dead, and he's trying. But to... that's like a, that's like one of those things where it's like um, it's war. <laughs> what was he going to tell you? Yeah, but if they hadn't fired. on on that pre uh, preemptive platform, they would have never been nope. forced to use it. So this right. is no, but I'm saying like that's that's what happens. War is gonna get ugly. Yeah, and you better be ready for the consequences. Exactly. Everybody's gonna be a little butt hurt at the end. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was uh. It, it just shows Aaron Wright is now he's trying to manipulate Anna. And hopefully Anna is a lot made of stronger stuff than old boy. Um, oh my God. You can't. <laughs> you can't. So <sighs> my thing is what's going to happen when Ava, and I, I actually, this is, I've watched the three episodes. That's it. What is Ava Sorrell going to do when she gets back to earth? Aaron Wright is just no bueno. That's going to be so bad when they finally meet again. I'm waiting for that convergence. Um, I, I Okay, I love Expanse and I love space stuff, but there's something about I would have loved to see more planetary, on-planet stuff happening, you know? There's something about just being on land. Right. I just can't get enough of it. I agree. So, because you can... Ref- you can... You can... You Put yourself there. Like you can actually imagine yourself in that position on Earth. All right, so that'll about cover it from us for that episode. So next time we will be covering the Expanse. Oh, sorry, next week we're covering uh, Stormlight Archive chapters five to nine. So we're that one, and but. For season two, we will be continuing on with. I'd say let's do episode four. How many? Episodes? You mean season 13. three? Yes, yeah, sorry, yes, yeah, season three. Uh, where it's up to episode three, so oh, that's thirteen episodes total. Let's do four, five, and six. Okay. Um, 
I think stopping at five would have been an okay point simply because book version wise, episode five ends off at one book and episode six starts another book. But mm-hmm. oh well. Um Yeah, at the then we just end up going through season three three way too slowly. Uh right. Oh hold on. No, sorry. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the wrong season, aren't I? Oh Lord. Is episode thirteen. Yeah, so actually, yeah, we'll do we'll finish through episode six, and that actually finishes off a book, so that's actually a perfect stopping point. So okay. we'll do episodes four through six, and then probably seven through nine next time, and then ten through third. Nah, that might be too much. We'll worry about those later, but yeah, for next time, it'll be episodes <laughs> four through six. Sorry about that. Uh, please follow us on Discord when we get a chance. Um, link is on all the notes. I have a link tree of so you can, you know, follow all our socials and everything on there. So until next time, thank you everyone.